We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. What up? Canty and Carlin rolling right along here on ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80 and on ESPN Plus, also on your smart speakers. All you got to do is tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Shay Cornette and Jason Fitz here with you for the next hour. If you want to give us a call, we're asking you, how confident are you in your team's quarterback? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Before we get to a little bit of news here from Adam Schefter and then move that forward. First of all, hi, Sh- hi uh, Fitzy. How are you? Yeah, you're Shay. I'm Fitz. I almost I- said Shay. Shefty, like I you combined know, everybody. I don't know what's going on here. Look, I would love to be Shefty for a day. That, like, I'd feel like such a badass the entire time. I'm great, and I am so happy that we get to work again together. Like, for anyone that doesn't know, Shay and I have done a lot of stuff digitally a lot, together. A lot, but yeah. man, this this is fun. I know. Have we ever done radio? I don't know if we've ever done. We both always are like running to radio after we finish some sort of digital show or something. But I don't know that we've actually done radio together. So this should be a good next hour. And I'm probably forgetting about a time. So Fitz, just roll with me on that. No, I'm with you on this. Okay, thank you. Uh, Adam Schefter recently tweeted this out. Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf has joined Niners wide receiver Debo Samuel and Chargers safety Derwin James as players who are at training camp but not participating due to unresolved contract issues. That is per sources, and that is from R. Adam Schefter. And so, uh, Fitzy, while this is not, like, really telling news to me, like, I'm not shocked by any of this, so to speak, because I feel like there's always this contract negotiation thing that gets worked out sometime during training camp, and now we've got these hold-ins where they sit on the sidelines, essentially. DK Metcalf wants his. Debo Samuel wants his. Derwin James wants his. I don't make a lot of this. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot to it other than what the hell was everybody thinking when they negotiated the collective bargaining agreement? Like, how did you protect yourself from holdouts? Because everybody remembers that. And it used to be that when you finally reported, the team would just wave the fines. They'd make it all kumbaya. It's great. They don't do that anymore. So now their only option is to hold in. And just the thought that everybody's going to show up, DK's going to show up but not work. And the thought that everybody that negotiated the CBA didn't think like, oh, we should probably have a clause that prevents this. Like, the owners are a bunch of smart people. I don't know why sometimes negotiation they do things that don't reflect their overall intelligence it surprises me but i'm all for these players going in sitting there and waiting until they get their bag to put their bodies at risk hey there's and they're still learning what's going on the playbook chemistry getting to know guys it's not like they're sitting at home eating bonbons at least they're part of the team here um but this brings it to another conversation and maybe wide receiver Debo Samuel is sitting in, I guess we're calling it, because he's waiting for that big contract, which maybe can come now that the Niners are moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo and perhaps we'll have a lot more money to spend in the next couple of days. We heard from Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco's head coach yesterday, in terms of what their plan is going forward with quarterbacks. Here's Kyle Shanahan. Jimmy understands where we're at. We understand where we're at. Like, I can't tell you how appreciative I have been of Jimmy and him being here and so appreciative of what he did for us last year. I think Jimmy and we knew what move we made the year before on that. Um, Jimmy did a hell of a job coming to camp and winning that job and taking us real close to the Super Bowl. Um, but we have uh, moved on to Trey. We're starting camp out this way. Um, we think Jimmy would have been traded if the surgery didn't happen. Uh, and it did. He needed to do it. So there's no ill will there at all. 
Well, there's no ill from ill will from your side, I think, Kyle Shanahan. I don't know if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo. I might be feeling some kind of way. But nonetheless, maybe the grass is greener. They've moved on to Trey Lance, and now we've got Jimmy Garoppolo waiting either for a trade or waiting to perhaps get cut or waiting for something. But now this is going to be Trey Lance's training camp into the regular season going forward, Fitz. Yeah, which is Look, I understand when you invest the capital that they invested in Trey Lance. When they when they drafted him at the time, I said San Francisco was playing checkers and everybody else is playing chess. They can take time with the Super Bowl quality roster. Mm-hmm. They can let Jimmy G hold down the reins. And then when Trey Lance is ready, they put him in. I just question right now, as good as this roster is, why you would want to go to a complete unknown at quarterback. And anybody, like, look, this may turn out to be great, but I am risk averse. And when you talk Trey Lance, you are talking about risk. Whatever they've seen, they've only seen in practice. Whatever any of us have seen, we've seen in a limited body of work at the college football level. Like, I don't know when it's going to be time, but the thought that they've made this change and they've been so public about it in a way that ruins any leverage that they have, any opportunity that they have to turn around and give the reins back to Jimmy G. I think it's wildly irresponsible for the 49ers to have gone to this point, but now that they're here, there's nothing they can do. You can't walk this back. So now what do they do with Jimmy Garoppolo? I, for one, think he should be traded. If not, he should be cut. And then he needs to find greener pastures outside of the NFC West. We saw our, our colleague Lewis Riddick tweet essentially that he thinks it's a done deal. He's going to Seattle. He's just waiting for it to become official. That's what Lewis Riddick thinks. He's not officially announcing that. That's what he thinks. To me, I I think there are far better places for him to go outside of the NFC West, and he should. Look, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is in the same tier as, like, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom. He's not in that tier, but he is a very efficient starting quarterback. To be a backup to Trey Lance, first of all, is insulting, and I, I'm sorry. I know that Kyle Shanahan says there's no ill will there. I'm Fitz, come on. How many quarterbacks can you name in the National Football League that would have sat there and dealt with everything the way that it has gone the last two years, the way Jimmy Garoppolo has? Hasn't said a word, hasn't tweeted, hasn't posted, has done nothing besides be cordial, nice, and a leader to Trey Lance, and hasn't said anything. Now you think he's just going to sit back and watch Trey Lance take over this team? Why would he? Yeah, I mean, there is a moment here where you've got to understand not only for Jimmy G, you've got to understand not only your position of power and negotiation here, because if they don't want you around, then you can certainly be a distraction. But also mm-hmm. at 26 or what, $27 million this year, that's actually a pretty reasonable contract in the new NFL for what you're getting for a one-year trial on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could look at it from a lot of standpoints and say, okay, Jimmy G's worth at least taking a flyer on. Where I think Lewis Riddick, who I love to death, and by the way, I, I, I say everything with a little bit of air of caution because we all know that he could just, like, look at me and kill me. I just, like, Lewis has that vibe, right? But I'm still going to say, like, Lewis, you've lost your mind if you think he's going to Seattle. Like, that's the one place the 49ers absolutely cannot let him go. I'd rather, if I'm the 49ers, I would rather keep Jimmy G on my roster eat the $27 million knowing that it is absolutely a pain in the butt and could be a distraction, then give him any shot to be the starting quarterback for my division rival Seahawks who have a glaring hole at the position of quarterback. There's no way I let him go For the first time in years, by the way, too. For the first time in forever, they have a glaring hole, and they actually have a weakness that you could capitalize on within your division, where no other team seems to have that. Like, the Cardinals are a mess as it is now with this whole contract situation. We'll have that conversation later. So you've got that. But they're a very good roster top to bottom. Obviously, we know what the Rams are. And then you've got the Niners and then the Seahawks. If you're going to trade them to any team, get them out of your division because that's the only team that you maybe could pencil in as a W in your division. 
Yeah, and you think about the fact that he's 31 years old. So if he's able to get his body right and play at a reasonable level, he could still play in the league for five, six, seven years if he wants to. So you would not only be giving Seattle a quarterback today, you'd be giving Seattle the opportunity to try him out this year, see if you like it. And if you do, do a deal to give them the quarterback for the next five or six years. And if Trey Lance turns out not to work out, you'll be reminded twice a year that you picked the wrong guy in this. Like, there's no chance I would let that happen. Fitz, you and I, uh, we did a football show last year on, on digital, as we were talking about earlier. And, you know, you brought up something earlier on in the season when the Niners were struggling, and it's that Kyle Shanahan never gets the brunt of any blame for this squad, no matter what goes wrong. I'll tell you what, when if, not when, I shouldn't say that, if anything does go wrong with Trey Lance, is he, if he is not the prospect and the quarterback they expected him to be, that one is on Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's hands and nobody else's. You could blame Jimmy Garoppolo all day and night all you wanted, the defense all day and night, offensive. This one's going to be on them if it doesn't go the way they wanted because they think the grass is greener. Hey, they could have possibly used this as like an Aaron Rodgers and Packers situation and just let Jordan love and let Trey Lance wait until they're fu- fully ready. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, uh, that's the quarterback that Jimmy Garoppolo actually beat in the playoffs, if you remember. And Aaron Rodgers has got jokes for days. We'll talk about the Packers next. This is uh, Kenton Carlin on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Training camps are in full force across the National Football League. Fitzy, I made the joke earlier uh, last week, I think it was, my days are blending together, but essentially when training camp kicks off for all of us here at ESPN, what does it mean? Your life is over. <laughs> Might as well break out the snowball snowblowers because... The season has arrived, and so has winter. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it just feels like. Uh, this is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus, and on your smart speakers. Shay Cornette and Jason Fitz here filling in for the guys. And again, training camps are already going on across the National Football League. And so we welcome in Jen Latta, ESPN Wisconsin host and ESPN College football reporter. And I know, Jen, you're kind of covering all things right now, but let's start with the Green Bay Packers because Aaron Rodgers has got jokes. Uh, Devontae Adams, his former receiver, was talking about moving on from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr and essentially saying that you go from one Hall of Famer to another. And so Aaron Rodgers clearly heard that. Here he is. I mean, it's always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. (laughs) Uh, You know, from Devontae to to Allen, it's going to be, you know, a transition. But he's capable of a lot. And 
the way things have gone with the reps and the guys that we've had here and the targets that we've uh, we've you know, doled out. He hasn't had a ton of opportunities, but he, you know, he's since his first day here, he's, he's turned heads. He's already turning heads. Is Alan Lazard? That's who he's talking about moving on to. Jen, what do you make of Aaron Rodgers' comments? Is he taking a slight dig, or is he trying to build up his newest uh, top weapon? Uh, maybe both. Is it possible for it to be both? Sure. Hey, good to join you guys today. Uh, Rogers loves nothing more than getting the media contingent to laugh at his jokes, even if it's a stolen joke from Devonte Adams. I think Adams clarified his comments. He was saying that, like, look, it's hard when you go from a Hall of Famer to a Hall of Famer, let alone when you go, you know, ba 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 ba. So, look, Aaron Rodgers obviously heard that. Don't ever let Aaron Rodgers convince you that he doesn't hear all of the things and then pack them on his shoulder and use it as a uh, motivation for the season. But I think it can also be him trying to build up Alan Lazard because when you talk about this Packers offense this season – Man, words like uncertainty and fluid and day-to-day come up, which is not necessarily a ringing endorsement of the personnel they have catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. So I think it helps to have number 12 future Hall of Famers say that the sky's the limit for Alan Lazard, that he can step in and be that number one, because maybe Alan Lazard starts to believe that he can be. Packers clearly don't like the situation they're in at wide receiver, though, guys, as they continue to go out and, and work guys out and bring bodies in you know Christian Watson will not be available to start training camp Sammy Watkins which by the way could those be more confusing as you're trying to keep the depth chart straight uh, will also not be available so they need to bring some bodies in they'll continue to do that I'm just saying, y'all, if I keep looking at these Derek Carr, Devontae Adams highlights, maybe Derek does end up a future Hall of Famer. Just Stop it, Fitz. Oh, Stay on task. All right. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. All right, Jed. So hear me out. I'm going to throw all of us under the bus a little bit because a year ago right now, all we were talking about was the drama of Aaron Rodgers and the drama of Lafleur and Gutenkunst and how it was all going to work out. Everybody was turning it into a big deal. Now all three of them have big, fat new contracts. Is there a different vibe and energy around the franchise today than there was a year ago? Night and day, absolutely. And Rogers talked about that today as well as he stood at his locker for his training camp availability. Just how he, you know, and we know this, he kind of called out Brian Gutekunst for the way that he interacted and the way that he managed. And even telling a story about Kenny Clark, guys, which I thought was just absolutely insane, how at one point somebody from the front office came down to the locker room and called Kenny Clark, basically grab your playbook and come up to the, come up to the boss's office and Kenny Clark was like me like I'm getting cut it was a case of mistaken identity and Aaron Rodgers basically saying that type of stuff can't happen in a first-rate elite organization and so he was calling them to task for some of the interaction interpersonal relationships between the front office and the players and it seems like guys they took it to heart because right now there is so much mutual respect there seems to be an adoration and understanding and when everybody is pulling the rope in the same direction you gotta think that it's better for the team better for the franchise better for the fan base than it was a year ago jen i know you're not at training camp for the packers that you're in indy for big 10 media days really quick the video as i saw today looked like aaron had cut his hair that can't be right right he couldn't have cut his hair since yesterday no i can't imagine can't he got imagine. so much run uh, out seriously. of the cameron poe 
put the bunny back in the box thing. I know. It can't be true. Okay, let's move on to other things. As I just mentioned, you're at Big Ted Media Days there in Indianapolis. And and so just kind of lay out the buzz, what what is there around Big Ten Media Days. I know you got USC and UCLA joining the conference. And what's everyone saying about that? Well, I think the theme of this Media Days, in addition to, of course, their talk of expansion and, and you know, C.J. Stroud was asked, what will it be like to face UCLA and USC? And you got to think that C.J. Stroud will be in the professional league getting paid to play on Sunday by the time that those two teams are actually in the Big Ten. But he answered it gracefully, which was nice. Um, the quarterback of Ohio State. It was the expansion talk. It was how many teams for the college football playoff. A lot of people like Gene Smith, AD at Ohio State, Barry Alvarez weighing in on that, Kevin Warren weighing in on that. I did laugh a little, guys, because Wisconsin football coach Paul Christ was like, nobody cares what I think anyway. (laughs) You know, just kind of saying, go talk to those guys over there. Nobody cares what I think. Let me stick to my X's and O's, which has been the narrative surrounding Paul Christ for all of his years at Wisconsin. But I also think, guys, it is the storyline of heel to hero for Kevin Warren. I mean, we're talking two years ago when he came under such fire and criticism for canceling the Big Ten season in the midst of COVID, then doing a reverse course, and then they played a shortened season, and teams like Ohio State took flack from teams in the SEC for playing a smaller schedule that year, and did they deserve to be in the playoff, and all of that stuff. And Kevin Warren took a lot of the slings and arrows for that decision. There were people who thought that he was ill-equipped to handle the job, that maybe he was in over his head. And to pull the Kaiser Sose, you know, of the year, you know, I call it the poof, like Kevin Spacey at the end of the movie, and get UCLA and USC into his conference with barely, a, you know, anybody hearing about it ahead of time. I think he has he's had this hero turn. People are saying, you know, you know, he's coming from a position of strength now. And now the concern is, who else is this conference going to try to add? You're seeing names being thrown out there of they're, you know, not – turning away any viable options. You know, all realistic options will be considered. And so it's an interesting um, plot arc for Kevin Warren over the last two years or so since he took over as Big Ten commissioner. Jen, you mentioned, you mentioned that there's still the concept that more expansion could happen. When these teams are together at Media Days, how were they sort of navigating those waters of who they want to reach out to versus what it means for the teams that they have right now versus the entire business plan of the conference? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think it varies from team to team, coach to coach. You know, there are some people who don't mind waiting in the waters and others who would just rather, like, be able to focus on their squads. But I think we're seeing – you know, branding matters fits, right? We're talking about like the big time brand programs. Obviously, Notre Dame will always be one of the programs that that they're pining after, uh, you know, the golden goose, if you will, the golden domer goose, if you will, um, that's out there for teams. But I think that what they really like is that the Big Ten is now solidifying itself as you know, wanting to go toe-to-toe with the SEC as far as perception and narrative go surrounding college football. And I think, you know, when you consider what they've done and perhaps what they will continue to do, you could make a case for that. Jen, we appreciate it. We know you're juggling a lot of things between the NFL and media days and all that. Hey, really quick, Jen, are you coming over to the blonde side? I think I saw a picture with you looking pretty blonde. You coming over? Uh, you know, I've been I've been watching you, Shay. You're having so much fun. You know, you're doing all of the things. And if I could just feel a little bit of that glamour that all of you blondes have, feel like maybe it might make my life a little easier. Yeah, no, I, I usually go it. lighter. 
I go a lot lighter during the summer, and then what happens is fall hits, and I'm like, boom, yeah, back to my brunette vixen ways. All right, well, you can come party with the blondes for, for you know, a couple weeks, then you can go back to your brunette ways. I appreciate it. We do have more fun, you know? We really do. Jen Latta, thank you so much. We appreciate it. See you later, guys. See you later. It's Jen Latta. She's our ESPN college football reporter. She does everything here. Uh, you can also catch her in the mornings in Milwaukee on ESPN Radio there. All right, coming up, one college coach stuck defending his former quarterback. We're talking about colleges. Well, someone's defending his, his former quarterback, and he might need some defending right about now. That's coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Oh, the Arizona Cardinals are an interesting case study, if you will. First, we've got the Instagram wipe by Kyler Murray. Then the statement from his agent, all caps, by the way, which I can't stand. (laughs) And then we've got the big contract. All right. Long-term contract, generational money. Everyone gets what they want. Great. No. Then we've got details of the contract. And now controversy. And I, it's just, it's a mess. Jason Fitz. It is a mess. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and on your smart speakers, I am Shay Cornette. He is Jason Fitz filling in for the guys, and Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. If you want to give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. How much confidence do you have in Kyler Murray, or how much confidence do you have in your quarterback? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Well, Jason Fitz, with all this nonsense that's been going on with the Cardinals and Kyler Murray and the agent and all of this, Heather Dinich took it upon herself to talk to Lincoln Riley, who coached Kyler Murray, was very close with him, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, head coach, knows him very well, and get the inside scoop. So here is Heather Dinich, our ESPN College Football Insider. Lincoln Riley, maybe nobody knows him better because he was his offensive coordinator. He was his quarterback coach. And he told me last night that he's coached two kinds of great players. And you guys will understand this. One player is the kind that needs to know every little detail to feel confident on the field. And the other is, tell me what I need to know. I'll get it done. And he's more of the latter. And he said, if I were to go play a game at any level today and give Kyler the playbook, I have absolutely zero doubt that he would be ready to play. Zero. Okay. Zero doubt. Now, I think this does say something for certain about Kyler Murray, but I also think this says, well, of course Lincoln Riley believes in his former college quarterback that led him to several wins and obviously was the number one overall pick. What Do you take any weight to what she just said about what Lincoln Riley thinks about Kyler Murray? He's, he wasn't getting paid on Saturdays. You know what I, I mean? Think, yeah, and, and I think there's a part of me that can – I can stack this all together in a way that makes sense because, 
you know, I go back to our buddy Mike Oler Jr. Um, and I remember when I asked him about the draft pro- process, and he was, you know, years ago getting prepped for draft interviews. And one of the things he said he was coached on is when teams would ask you, what are your outside interests at the time? The answer that he was coached to give was, I have no outside interest. The only thing that matters to me is football. Because if you give even the perception that you have an outside interest, the team might not draft you. And you think about that mindset that still exists, right or wrong, within some franchises. What we just heard from Lincoln Riley can speak to a communication problem. Like, there are some coaches that certainly are not going to be comfortable with their quarterback saying, hey, don't give me all the details. Just tell me what I absolutely have to know, right? We have this perception of the quarterback position, particularly, Shay, being very like, you know, I'm going to be the guy that knows everything about every person on the field in every way. And if that's not Kyler, I can see why that would make some coaches wildly uncomfortable, especially uh, some GMs even wildly uncomfortable. But if you're the Cardinals, you have to like step back and say, hey, is this a work ethic issue or is it a communication issue? Because if it's a communication issue, you shouldn't have to protect it in the contract. If you feel it's a work ethic issue, that's when you protect it in my mind. This whole situation from every side, and I'm not blaming any one side because, quite frankly, I think every side at some turn has been wrong, whether that's the Cardinals leaking things and the way they've handled this and and the perception they've helped give out about Kyler Murray or Kyler Murray, I think, taking an immature approach and wiping his social media or his agent having involvement in this and, and letting things in the contract get out. Like, all of it to me, I don't like. But, but what I know, and I don't care, Fitz, if you are – in a work relationship, and I'm talking about professional, obviously, you're in a, in a marriage, if you're in a friendship, I don't care what it is. There's trust issues here. Hello? No one trusts anyone. Kyler Murray clearly doesn't trust the organization. The organization doesn't trust Kyler Murray. The agent doesn't trust anybody with anything. It's a mess. And now everyone is supposed to take a step back, including Kyler Murray, who I actually do feel sorry for a little bit in this situation. And also, Fitz, can you imagine if our boss came to us, let's just say, and was like, Listen, here's how you're going to prepare for radio every single day. You're going to watch three hours of X game and take two pages of notes. I'd be like, hello, I'm a grown-up. I got this job. I've been working in television for how many years? Like, I think I got it. Thank you. I don't think I should be working here if you don't know if I know how to prepare. You know what I'm saying? Like, the whole thing just, I hate it. I hate it all, and I think this is not good at all for what the Cardinals want to accomplish this upcoming season, which is what they failed to do last year, and that's win a postseason game and hopefully go deep into the playoffs. Yeah, and to that point, Shay, think about, and I would tell anybody in life, no matter what you do, but like for radio, for ESPN, for people like us, we work on contracts, right? Yeah. And so it's not uncommon for, you know, when one of us signs an extension or a new deal, the media sites that cover it, they'll put it out all over Twitter. And it's like, congratulations, you know, mm-hmm. new deal. Mm-hmm. Think about the joy you feel in that moment when you start to get all the texts and everything. Yeah, You're like, yeah, yeah man, right. This is awesome. And then if 24 hours later, suddenly it was like, reports say ESPN requires that Fitz does certain amount of, re- <laughs> of homework in right? his contract. Like that level of, oh, my God. How did that even get out? Even if it's in the contract, how did it get out? That's a trust buster. Like, I I just, you can't tell me that if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm not throwing my phone in anger when I see that get out to the world. Because I know now, instead of answering questions about expectations or the money or what, what it means next for the future or being, you know, a cardinal for the rest of my career, instead of answering any of that, now you have to justify your work ethic after you just signed one of the richest deals we've seen. Like, I, that would be wild to me if I had to walk into that facility the next day. The first thing I'd be yelling walking through the halls is somebody tell me who did it. Mm -hmm. I want to know who did it. I want to know why, and I want to look them in the eyes. I mean, that's a human reaction. Yeah. I could not 
agree with you more. Now, here's the situation in the NFL for any sports team. You win, we forget about it, we stop talking about it. Oh, yeah, remember all the drama in the summer while they figured out a way to overcome it? That's how it works. You don't, you start losing, and I don't know if you've peeped that Cardinal schedule. It is a gauntlet the first five weeks, okay? You go 0-5 those first five weeks, Fitz, you know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be calling for Cliff Kingsbury. We're going to be yelling at the organization for the way they mishandled this. We'll be questioning why Kyler Murray was given all this money. We'll be wondering why the agent hasn't said anything then. I mean, the storylines will be endless. So there's two ways this is going to go. And I just hate that this is the way we're leading into the regular season with the Cardinals with all the drama. It's unfortunate, but I guess it's the reality. So we're going back really quick to the question. Fast, Fitzy, how much confidence do you have in Kyler Murray? One through ten. Uh, six. Yeah, six. that's what six I said this too. year. Four long term with the organization. Yeah, that's what I said. I said about a six because obviously the number one overall pick. He's got something in his bag, but with all this chaos, hopefully he can find a way to streamline it and make it into success. Uh, one way and the only way to finish this show on Canty and Carlin, and that's three and out. We'll do it next here on ESPN Radio. Matt and Jason Fitz back here with you on ESPN Radio. And Fitz, I know we all like to be positive this time of the year. Training camps are now underway. And yay, no one has lost a football game. But you know what I'm here for? I'm going to bring it back down a level. You know what I mean? Let's go a little bit negative. If you had to pick the team that you think is going to have the number number one overall pick in next year's draft, who's it going to be? Oh, man. See, that's a good question. And it speaks to your fandom, by the way, because like for any of us, when I know my team's going to stink, I'm looking at the bottom. Like, who's going to stink? Who's going to stink? Uh, number one overall pick. Uh, look, I think the worst team might come out of the NFC because I think Carolina is going to be pretty stinking bad this year. But I have to say, because the AFC is so good, the worst of the AFC, even if you're just sort of bad, is just going to get throttled this year. I, I don't know. I, I'm torn between the Texans and the Jets. And, and I, I think the Jets are going to be a little better than they were last year. I'm still not a big Zach Wilson guy. And their schedule is stinking brutal. And Houston, I mean, maybe Davis Mills works out to be a quarterback. Maybe not. But I think we forget just how bad Houston was last year. I, I, I'm i in on one of those teams. Who do you have? I think the Seahawks. Um, I think Ooh. the Seahawks are, gonna, are in a place this year where – they're trying to sort through some things. This Russell Wilsonless era. I don't think they're going to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they're going to give it a good college try the first couple of games and be like, Ugh, let's just call it, you know, and we'll look to next year when it's a loaded draft class and we can kind of figure out a way to get some picks and rebuild this thing. So for me, it's going to be the Seahawks. Um, I actually don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that the Jaguars, maybe for the third consecutive year of the number one overall pick, which would be some sort of record and, and, history-making lesson that we should all write down. Um, but to me, it's the Seahawks. And I, 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 look, the Texans could be in the mix. I like Davis Mills, though, and I obviously have an affinity for Lovey Smith because of what he did with the Bears. Sure. Um, so I'd like to think that they'll actually be kind of decent because I do think the AFC South is a little bit more watered down this year. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. And the Jets, See, I, I mean, I think the Jets are going to be better. But But what's wild to me, when you say the Seahawks, I just looked it up. Like, Pete Carroll has never gone through just a tragic season. He's had a couple of uh, seasons. I know. He's, uh, six and ten is the worst that he's had as an NFL coach. And in college, I mean, all he did was essentially win. I don't like this. Pete midway through the season be like, no, this is not fun, y'all. I'm, I'm out. I'm just going to go hang out with my grandkids. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't I, And look, usually the sweet spot is like four wins gets you around that number one overall pick. Like, gone are the 0 and 17 days. Like, you know what I mean? Like, around three, four wins. Like, the Seahawks could be there around three, four wins. I, I, they could be. Although, so could the Jets and so could the Texans, Fitzy. So, so we'll figure this out. I mean, the NFL draft is far away. We have a full <laughs> NFL. <laughs> don't do that. See, that's not nice. 
All right, more Jason Fitz and Shea Cornette coming up right now. Canty and Carlin coming through your airwaves here on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, Shea Cornette, Jason Fitz, here hanging out with you, and it is time to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. So three and out is brought to you by Indeed. Attract, interview, and hire at Indeed.com slash credit. Okay, so yesterday, Big Ten Media Days is going on right now in Indianapolis, Fitzy. And yesterday, Kirk Farron said college football is, quote, in a really precarious place. It requires oversight from one stabilizing voice. Let's hear more from Kirk Ferentz. You know, there's just so many things on, on the horizon and spending six years in the NFL where they had a salary cap. And I commend our conference because we do revenue share, some don't. And that, that's more like Major League Baseball versus NFL. You know, there is a system there for, you know, a limit on how much or how little players can be paid. Uh, and there's also a system of movement. You know, there are times when players can move and can't move. And I have no idea how you get to that point in college football. I'm not smart enough to know that. And I'm not smart enough to know who's going to do it. But right now, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of us that are a little confused on what the rules are and what are the, you know, how do you operate. So I'm not sure that's healthy. And, and we just have such a good game. I hate to see it, you know, implode or, you know, suffer a setback because, you know, things are a little bit too loose. And look, Kirk Ferentz is the longest tenured coach in FBS right now. He's been around the block. And, and, and this isn't just his sentiment, Fitzy. Like, you cover college football really closely. Like, there's been a lot of coaches now and personnel and people of that sort that have come out and said, you know, like, this is the wild, wild west college football. And there's no rules and regulations to it. Yeah, but at the, the other part of that is why. Because college football didn't have the foresight to actually come up with a plan. They chose not to work together every time they had an opportunity to work together. They made the NCAA powerless. And now you have a bunch of coaches that are like my buddies that don't know anything about a car standing on the side of the road. And they see the thing steaming and it might blow up. And they're all just looking at it and saying, well, we'll probably got to figure out how to fix this. Like, cool, it's broken. Now, Kirk Ferentz or anybody else that makes $7, million, $15 million a year, come out with a plan on how to fix it and tell the world how you're going to come up with one unified voice in college football. Because until we have that, these conferences aren't going to work together. And all of this conversation is for nothing. It's college football's fault that we are here. And all of these people that are screaming at the wall are doing nothing to fix the problem. Yeah, you're right. I, we, and, and people are right. There needs to be a unified voice, a governing body, some rules and regulations. Find it. Who's going to who's gonna step up to the plate? Like, that's what they need first and foremost. Getting to our second out here, Packers GM Brian Gutekunst said, line, uh, left tackle, rather, David Bakhtiari had another procedure on his knee this offseason, which helps explain why he's been out all offseason and is on the pup list here to start camp. He called the initial injury much more than an ACL, end quote, but maintained that Bakhtiari will play again. Gutekunst asked whether Bakhtiari will be available for week one. His answer, we're not going to put a timetable on it. Uh, Bakhtiari has been a big part of this Packers offense and this Packers team in general and not having him for the foreseeable future and no idea when Fitzy could cause a problem. However, I think the Packers are so much better than every other team in their division. It's not going to be that much of a setback. I think you're actually, you're you're down on the Vikings more than I am, honestly. And I, I agree with you, but at some point, don't we have to sort of 
let the chips stack on the negative side for the Packers? I mean, we know that no Devontae Adams is going to have an impact mm-hmm. to their production overall. We presume that Aaron Rodgers can pull them out of the quicksand. I don't know that. Like, I actually think that this is one of the harder teams to figure out this year. And having offensive line issues on top of everything else, I mean, I think it's important, too, when he says more than just an ACL injury. That tells us that even when Bakhtiari comes back, who will he be? How will he play? Mm-hmm. How much time does it take to, for him to get back to his best? And are they going to make Aaron Rodgers, with lesser weapons around him, run around like a maniac with an offensive line that may or may not be able to protect him? Like, I think this is a big concern for Green Bay. Yeah, it, it, look, whenever you're talking about a knee, an Achilles, uh, a shoulder, like, I feel like these are, like, red flags, right, when it comes to football terms. And this is not a good situation for a, a an offensive lineman that Aaron Rodgers has trusted for a very long time and obviously looks to uh, to be his protector. And and that's unfortunate. Um, but if he's been out, an ACL could be a year, I mean, is what I know, okay? And so if he's only been out the offseason and it's more than an ACL, is this a situation where we're not seeing him for the year, for no. the first 10 games, for the first five games? I mean, anything beyond two games feels, like, detrimental to me. But if it's only a couple games, it, to me, it's overcomable. That's not a word, but you know what I'm saying? It is now, yeah. Uh, but five and beyond is a major problem. So I guess that – but why aren't you putting a timetable on it? And don't you have to release this information in terms of injury status reports? Don't you have yeah, to Yeah, they, they're going to get away with this through the beginning of camp, but then they will have to start to tell us what the actual injury timelines look like, and that's when this I, – I, I think this could go wildly wrong for the Packers. And, uh, you know, I know that that's a, a hot take to not be all pro Packers in that division, but – Look out. I don't think Minnesota's a great team. I just think the Packers have too many issues up against them. Okay, fair enough. Let's go three uh, third out here. Dan Campbell, speaking of the NFC North, Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, we're warming up with his players. And maybe you're sitting there if you're listening on radio and like, what, what do you mean warming up his players? Stretching? No, no, no. Doing full-on push-ups, jumping jackets. Uh, we're showing it right now on ESPN+. Plus. But he is a f- – if you didn't know any better, he looks like a full member of this Lions squad working – Working out with his players. And Fitzy, to me, this is just who Dan Campbell is. He's like that nitty-gritty dude in the locker room. The way he approaches his press conference, he speaks like that. Like, he brought a lot. What did he do? Talked about a lion in practice and all the caffeine at Starbucks he drinks. Like, he's he's a nut. He's a nut. And him working out at practice just shows that he's more of a nut. Because it's like 900 degrees right now. (laughs) You know? It feels like this is, as much as from the outside looking in, we laugh. As long as the players are buying into this, this is the culture of what – like, Dan Campbell did not walk back his persona after year one, no. right? That's what we've learned about him. Like, he's dug in. This is Dan Campbell. So, if players can relate to it the way it seems like maybe they can, maybe this is the thing that sort of sets them apart. Like, Mike Vrabel is not a normal dude when it comes to being, you know, the way he talks with his players and interacts with his players, and it's really worked for the Titans. Maybe Dan Campbell can do the same thing for the Lions. I I'll say know. this. Last year, the, the Lions were 3-13-1, if my memory serves me right, and that's and that's not good, but they were the most celebrated three-win team I can ever remember. I mean, <laughs> I remember when they beat the Green Bay Packers, we were on Radio Jordan and I, I was like jumping up. I'm, I'm, an, I'm a Bears fan in the NFC North, and I was like so happy for Dan Campbell. Not only do his players buy in, I feel like we as the media have too because the Lions have just been lousy for so long and perhaps we're at a, a crossroads where the Lions could actually be a decent football team this year. Fitzy and him working out this players and kind of getting all involved and have everyone buy in. It's changing of the times there in Detroit, maybe. Lovable losers that everybody's going to get behind. I mean, not many people on the Vikings bandwagon. A lot of people uh, like to throw shade at the Packers. That only leaves the Bears and the Lions to be the lovable in that division. Yeah, 
the, bear, the Bears aren't going to be very lovable this year. I mean, Chicago fans don't roll like that. You but know you know, I mean? those alternate helmets are, are fire. There's something to be happy about. I, I feel like everyone's some... alternate helmets in the NFL are fire. Finally, we can have two helmets. Thank you, NFL, for the best rule change you've had in a long time. <laughs> um, all right. It has been fun. Jason Fitz, thanks for hanging out. I am Shay Cornette. Thanks for joining us here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80 ESPN Plus and on your smart speakers. Today is Wednesday, right? It is hump day. Yes, it is indeed. So enjoy the rest of your week, everyone. Have a good one. For Jason Fitz, I'm Shay Cornette. We'll see you next time.